Two Wrongs Don't Make a Medicare for the Lazy Man Podcast. A podcast widely known for its generosity. And now, wondering when his hover car will be ready to buy, it's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I wish you could spend all day with Randy and I because we're an endless source of amusement. We just had a an aborted session that started out brilliantly. You would have said this is maybe the most magnificent episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man ever. Uh, and then, of course, the hotel Wi-Fi went out, left us in the dark. And we had to fire up all of our equipment. And uh, those those scintillating words that I laid on you are lost forever. So I'm going to use my uh, my new added Wi-Fi connection to do a poor imitation of what I said before. But basically, it was to encourage you to buy the book Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. It's reasonably priced in all of its forms. It's... Um, just chock full of all of the Medicare information that one could ever hope for if one is looking at a Medicare um, a Medicare relationship coming up in the future. I have my sw- my swollen foot up on a pillow, which is on top of a uh, an ice uh, uh, cooler that is uh, devoid of ice right now because. My dermatologist hacked a big chunk out of my leg, and I woke up this morning, and my foot is swollen. So I'm trying to keep it up in the air. And talking to you all at the same time as I uh, as I self-position to keep the um, swollen appendage in the air is a challenging bit of uh, prestidigitation. But I'm going to carry on anyway. So we've talked about the book and how my recommendation is for you to buy the book, read the book. And within the book, you'll find my contact information. I am happy to help you figure out what your optional Medicare coverages will cost you, what they will do for you, and when you should acquire them. So I would look for you to contact me once you've read the book and say, Doug, help me out here. Let's go. And that's what I'll do because that's what I do. I'm an insurance agent. I'm licensed everywhere. Uh, I'm licensed in your state. So you and I could establish a very mutually beneficial relationship for a short period of time to prepare your Medicare coverages. Randy Carson is sitting here. Uh, It looks like he's sitting out by his swimming pool on a sunny, beautiful Arizona day, but I know better than that. He is magic uh, in uh, his uh, computer that uh, fools me into thinking he's various places at various times. Randy, where are you really today? I am in my office. Oh boy, it's a certain, certainly a little cool. It's a little cooler in the office than it is out there because since we last talked, just a oh, I don't know, thirty minutes ago, I've gained another uh, degree. We are now sitting at hundred and four degrees. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, at St. Charles, Illinois, uh, a land of not hundreds of degrees typically, and uh, also higher humidity than you're going to have. The last time we talked, it was 87 degrees, and it is now 90 degrees. So I'm chasing chasing your temperature right up that thermometer. You're gaining gaining degrees faster than I am. 
It's certainly uh, going to be a frightening thing when we gather with our friends tonight. I'm going to hear nothing about how we brought that Arizona heat with us. And uh, they're sick of it. They want us to go away so that uh, temperatures return to more normal levels in Illinois. But, you know, they're always complaining about something. Before we got here, they were complaining about lack of rain. When we got here, it began raining. And then they were complaining that their outdoor activities were disturbed by the rain. So I think they're just a hard crowd to please, Randy. I think so. I would totally agree with you, Doug. So how was your 4th of July? We had a fantastic uh, annual celebration everywhere that I was uh, able to see. Uh, I hope yours was fun. It was very good. We had friends over. We had hamburgers. We had hot dogs. We had beer. We had dessert. We had potato chips. Go back to that that other thing. What was that other thing you had? Beer. Oh, yes. Uh, Music to my ears. Yeah. And then after that, we also had some dessert. We had some dessert. And then we had beer. Did you have more beer or was it more beer? Yeah. Yeah. And you see my by my T-shirt. Yep. That it was Guinness. 1759. Yep. Did you make them say the Irish uh, magical words that you always say? Yes, I did. I made them. We we uh, saluted each other with the traditional Irish toast. Slancha. Ah, there you go. See, I can never say that without help. It's not an easy. If you were to see it written down, it wouldn't help you either. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that with me. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, listen, you never know when they're going to pull the plug on the hotel Wi-Fi again. If uh, we are able to uh, save what, uh, what's what been recorded, then uh, let's do that. Otherwise, we'll have to look forward to starting all over again for a third time. I'm going to get going here. Is this going to be like one of those magic fingers that used to be on the wall? You put a quarter in on the bed in a hotel? I hope not, Randy. <laughs> this is a, a highfalutin uh, St. Charles landmark at the Hampton Inn, owned by the Hilton Corporation, or owned, built by, or whatever. And uh, there is no such thing as half-ass when it comes to this hotel, except right now they're undergoing some interior decorating. And I'll bet one of those guys did like the guy in airplane when all the runway lights went out on the landing strip. He... Uh, the, the camera went to this guy, and he had the plug in his hand. He had pulled the plug and all the landing. Yeah. And frankly, uh, that might be what happened to the Wi-Fi here. I hope it doesn't happen again until we finish up this episode. Well, I'm going to quiet down on this end of the world so you can do your job. Okay, I'm going to do my job, and hopefully the next time you hear this voice or these voices, they'll be coming from our studios in Arizona. The quality of the sound will be much improved, and we won't be afraid of uh, any interruptions in power or Wi-Fi, but uh, let's see how this episode goes. I've got material here that was curated by the Medicare for the Lazy Man content curator, who does a fantastic job. She earns every penny that I pay her. And so uh, top on the list today is not the most important thing we're ever going to discuss, but it's a piece of paper that I can read from and then throw away. And I like clearing out the uh, detrius in my life. But This is a little thing that on May 30th of 2023, I heard a podcast episode from another insurance outfit, and they listed the four perks of being a part-time insurance agent. In case any of you out there in the audience are thinking about becoming an insurance agent like me, and you don't want to do it full-time because you might have another job or you might really have something else to do, 
uh, that uh, your your spousal unit has um, a list of things for you every day, you might want to try it on a part-time basis. Uh, <clears throat> there are four, apparently, according to this source, there are four uh, items, four elements to being a part-time insurance agent. One is, as I said, it allows you to try out the job with minimal risk. Uh, the second aspect of being a part-time insurance agent is it allows you to keep your day job, uh, which might either be a real job or it might be the list of things that your spousal unit hands you every day. Uh, here, get this stuff done and uh, meet me back here for a cocktail in the evening. Number three, it allows you to earn supplemental income. And uh, according to these people, it uh, number four, item number four is you are able to feel empowered. Now, that's not a thing that guys ever think about. So I'm guessing that it was a woman that wrote this list. And I'm guessing that she had only three things and she thought, what the heck, I'll, I'll tack a fourth on there because nobody's going to know what it means except us girls. So if we want to feel empowered, then we could become part-time insurance agents. Uh, let's see, captive versus independent allows you to, okay, so I made some other notes that are totally meaningless to me. I'm going to throw this paper away and we'll move on with our Medicare information, our Medicare specific content. One item here is the Justice Department launches one of the largest ever healthcare fraud cases. And the uh, that's the headline. The Department of Justice announced charges against 78 people in 16 states for alleged bogus health care charges and fraud that cost over two and a half billion. The bulk appear to be related to telemedicine claims. Now, you might uh, remember that I have on prior episodes of this podcast complained that the government doesn't support telemedicine. In fact, they seem reluctant to encourage people to use telemedicine, and I think that's a mistake. Well, here's a, an example of the government not being able to keep their own house in order because for some reason, 78 people were able to steal $2.5 billion uh, in telemarket, or, uh, telemedicine claims. I don't know how that happened. Uh, theoretically, they're investigating it. But I'm going to tell you, when we're finished recording today, I'm going to divide $2.5 billion by 78 to find out how much my share of that take would have been. Because let me tell you, I like to think about financial success. And apparently, those thieves are more financially successful than I am. Now, here's another item that was curated by the content curator. And I threatened to Randy to read this the other day. I offered him the opportunity to listen to it right away, and he turned me down flat. But here it comes again. It's called How to Negotiate with Resistant Aging Parents. Borrow these tips from the business world. And this is an article written at the beginning of June this year by Judith Graham. Don't know who she is. You've reached a standstill with your mother and father who are in their late 80s. You think they need some help in the home but they vigorously refuse. You're frustrated because you want to make their lives easier. They're angry because they think you're interfering in their affairs. Wow, I remember this with my mother. Um, so Navigating Aging, is a, that's capitalized, so it sounds like it might be a book or something. It focuses on medical issues and advice associated with aging and end-of-life care. Helping America's 45 million seniors and their families navigate the healthcare system. I don't know what this is. It might be a book or something. 
to contact can negotiation and dispute resolution techniques be used in the business world help diffuse this kind of uh, conflict yes say a growing uh, number of researchers at northwestern university and they're also uh, they may be onto something these experts have developed a training curriculum on negotiation and dispute resolution for social workers care managers healthcare professionals who regularly work with resistant older adults, materials for family caregivers are being developed too. Instead of avoiding difficult issues or simply telling people what to do, um, professionals learn to elicit what's most important to older adults and approach arranging care as a collaboration, not as an edict from on high. People get into so many arguments when they get older. It's something I see every day in my work. Uh, the chief of geriatrics at Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine said, who's heading the project, the Feinberg School of Medicine is someplace I've been in downtown Chicago. Um, when they uh, replaced a, an artery in my leg, that's kind of where I wound up. And it's a fantastic hospital. It's a high-rise hospital, actually several buildings all kind of tied together. And I will tell you that their personnel are the most cheerful friendly, happy hospital employees I've ever seen. So anyway, the uh, this gentleman at the Northwestern University's chief of geriatrics at, at Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine, and he says the goal is to de-escalate conflicts and make it easier for older people to receive needed support. In May, she and her team plan to launch another part of the project, a trial of a computer-based training program for family caregivers of people with mild cognitive impairment or early stage dementia. The program called Negotiate, Negotiate and then Age, put together Negotiate, features avatars of older adults and allows caregivers to practice negotiation techniques under different scenarios. You get thrown different situations, different emotions, and you get to play the game of negotiation as often as you want. Nearly $4 million in funding for the project comes from the National Institutes of Health, of course, government money. After evaluating the program's effectiveness, they hope to make negotiage widely available. In the meantime, there are several steps that family caregivers can take to forestall or resolve conflicts with older parents. First of all, you can prepare. Preparation is essential for any type of negotiation, advised a woman who is a professor of dispute resolution at Northwestern's Kellogg School of Management. Um, you may want to, uh, you want to think through the answers to several fundamental questions. What issues need to be addressed? Who are the parties invested in these issues? I'm sorry, people, but when they use the word issues, I just can't, I can't help but think back to the days when my sisters and I uh, were making fun of um, overly, uh, <laughs> overly solicitous uh, social workers, and uh, we would they would say, well, that person may be a murderer, but he just has a few issues, and that's uh, that's how it got started. And then Bill Gates took the word issues and told his service people to use that instead of the word problems because it sounds so benign. And now all of a sudden, everybody says issues about every damn thing when they should be talking about problems. So she goes on to say, what are the party's positions on each of these issues? What do you believe they're they're uh, uh, taking, why do you believe they're taking those positions and what's going to happen if we can't reach an agreement? 
It's helpful to write down answers to these questions in a planning document. Be sure to include yourself among the parties and spell out your goals for the conversations to come. What might this look like in practice? Let's say you want your father, who is in his early 90s, to stop driving. No, because he started getting lost and his vision isn't great either. The people with a stake in the discussion include your father, your elderly mother, you, your two siblings, and your father's physician. Your mom may be concerned about your father's safety, but hesitant to raise the issue for fear of provoking an argument. One of your siblings may agree it's time to take away the car keys, while the other may think dad is still fine on the road. The doctor may recommend a driving evaluation and subsequently offer his professional opinion. So in this process, you should look for common interests. Your job is to find areas where the parties have interests and uh, where their interests intersect and work from there. Everybody wants your father to remain active and see his friends on a regular basis. Everyone wants to ensure that he doesn't injure himself or anyone else on the road. Everyone wants to respect his desire for independence. No one wants to label him incompetent. Uh, This person distinguishes between positions such as, I am not going to stop driving, and the interests or the reasons why someone takes that position. In this case, dad may be afraid of becoming isolated, losing autonomy, or giving up control over his affairs. But he, too, may worry about hurting somebody else unintentionally. Negotiations have the best chance of success when they address the interests of all the parties involved. Don't adapt an adversarial or don't adopt an adversarial approach. Rather emphasize that you're on the same team. The goal isn't for one side to win, it's for people to work together to find a solution that is at hand. Uh, ask questions. Don't assume that you know why your parent is taking a certain position. For instance, I don't want to go to the doctor. Instead of asking follow-up questions such as why or why not? Okay, well, that's a no-brainer. If an older person snaps, I don't want to talk about it. Don't back away. Acknowledge that their discomfort by saying, I understand this is difficult, while adding, I care about you and I want to know more. Uh, The woman who was giving these opinions favors starting difficult discussions with patients with open-ended questions. What are some things you're having issues with? I would never say that. What are some things you're having problems with would be my question. What are you doing that you wish you could be doing differently? What would make your life easier? Listening carefully and making the person you're negotiating with feel heard and respected is essential. If one of the patients tells her, I make my own choices and this is what I want, she might respond, I agree, you're the boss, but we're both here to make your life better, and I'm worried about you. Brainstorm strategies. Negotiations with family members are often charged with emotions that can easily spiral out of control, but don't reciprocate if someone gets angry and lashes out. When you're buying a car, if you can't agree with the dealer you're talking to, you can go to another dealer. When you're in a conflict with a family member, you don't have this option. You've got more stubbornness and more defensiveness about disabilities, and preserving relationships is even more important. Redirect your focus to brainstorming strategies that can help solve the problem at hand. Get creative and put lots of options on the table. Invite your parents to respond and ask, Why or why not, again, as needed. If you find yourself going around and around without making progress, try saying something like, we could argue about this all afternoon, but neither one of us is going to give in. Let's set aside our arguments and come up with five ways that you can get to activities without your car. 
don't expect to agree on the strategy right away. You can say, let's bring mom in and talk about this later, or let's think about this and check in with each other next week. Um, many negotiations take time and cannot be rushed. You can also bring in a third party. If all else fails, appeal to a third party. This was Brett's strategy. I don't know who Brett is. When her husband, who has Parkinson's disease and compromised vision, wanted to resume driving in 2021 after recovering from a serious fall. Um, the couple's daughter and uh, she and the couple's daughter could not convince him that this might be risky. But the older man, then 89, agreed to get a driving evaluation at a facility associated with the Chicago hospital. When they recommended he stop driving, he gave up the car keys. Uh, she later hired a neighbor in the small town in France where they now live to ferry her husband to appointments several times a week. Twice a week, she drives him to a nearby village where he has coffee with friends. He gets out into the world and she doesn't worry about his safety, an outcome both can live with. Well, that sounds pretty exciting. I just keep thinking back to when my mother was uh, um, in the last few years of her life. And boy, crotchety doesn't describe how uncooperative she was about certain things. I remember one episode when she was a patient in a local hospital and the maid came in and she turned on the maid like a rabid dog and said, get out of here, get out right now. And I said, I think you ought to let the maid do her job because uh, a clean room and a clean bathroom are kind of important to your health. And she said, those are my germs. <laughs> I'm keeping my germs right where they are. So uh, anyway, Randy, I hope the chirp, uh, the crickets have chirped and that we are uh, at the allotted departure time because I'm out of stuff to talk about. The crickets have chirped. We have no, I have no more quarters in my pocket. That's just the way I like it. Let's not the spend any more money on those damn crickets than we have to. No, the content is done. I don't know what else to say other than it's been like a good meal. Now all we have to do is sign off and talk about next time. And But there's a few things. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, the books. We talked about all that good stuff. But there is one thing I always like to mention. Doug is a nationwide licensed agent to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. You can obviously depend on Doug and send him, uh, oh, I don't know, one me one email, two emails. I don't know how many emails it's going to take, but you can reach him at dbj at Medicare, oh, mlmmailbag.com. That's the one. That's a oh, mouthful, my, isn't it? That is absolutely a mouthful. But I want to know if you would do us a favor and find a way to give us a rating on the podcast. We're always up against it on the ratings. We don't like to be. We like to be in the lead. But sometimes, you know, a couple extra points will help us greatly. So find a way to give us some points, some ratings, some stars, something on the podcast in the book. We would certainly appreciate it. Doug already talked about the various ways to get your hands on a copy of Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. And we are just going to sign it off today because the crickets have chirped, the money is gone, and I have no more quarters in the pocket. So, and I can't talk about the Fortress of Solitude because Doug is out in the flatlands of Illinois as opposed to being at home in Cave Creek. So if you haven't paid any attention to your wristwatch or your smartphone or what have you you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with doug jones the anti-insurance insurance guy from oklahoma no more he 
camps out in the high mountains behind Cave Creek, Arizona on a normal day. But right now he's in Illinois doing this remotely from St. Charles. And which particular institution are you in? Uh, (laughs) Often I'm locked in an institution, but (laughs) since I'm out on leave, let's say that I am only happy to be here. And uh, thank you, Randy, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today. And we're certainly looking forward to our next episode. So we'll see you then.